0: Hello, witches. This is Kara Kovacs, and this is Business Witch. As a third-generation witch, at least, and a business and life coach for mission-driven entrepreneurs and leaders, I teach you how to make money and magic as liberatory practices. Because when we know, seek, and embrace our full potential, we create a better world for everyone. Here you'll find tools, conversations, spells, and inspiration that take you from waiting to creating so you can build the business and life you're oh so worthy and capable of having. Let's go. Hello, beautiful witches. This is going to be kind of a different episode because I wanted to try a practice that I'm engaging in totally as an experiment, and I'm hoping that it's one that goes for the better and that maybe you also want to steal. And really the intention behind this is to speak directly from my heart to yours, and I had a conversation. You may have seen I posted about this on Instagram, but I had a conversation with a very, very dear friend of mine who I love oh so much, who we have very similar astrology. She is also a Leo rising Virgo sun, and we both have water moons, and I could get more and more into the the shared similarities between our charts, but it was really interesting when I met her because we do similar work in very different ways. So Where I am self-employed and I built a business, my friend works for a company and has been super instrumental in building the infrastructure and financial success and profitability and impact of the company. And it's been very interesting to kind of merge the minds of our second house sons, uh, having Virgo in the second house, because the way that we both talk about making money and having success and having impact and reaching our ideal people is such similar language, even though we come from different schools of thought, different backgrounds, different places that we've learned about how we do the work that we do, and different like journeys, you know, hers within an organization and mine kind of being the face of my company, but ultimately coming very much to the same place and using similar language. And we were having a conversation over the weekend about, you know, I'll be, I'll be vulnerable and just share it. Just for me, there's been really some, um, and you, I've probably talked about this. This is not like a hugely surprising thing for me to say on the podcast. And I've talked about it in my newsletter, but just kind of like, boredom with the way things are being marketed in the coaching industry, where it just feels like if our industry doubles in size, which I talked about on our last solo episode, The Business Witch Deep Dive, which you can go ahead and listen to. If our industry has doubled in size in the last four years, and we're all learning the same sales techniques, and then we're all repeating them, and then all of our posts say the same things, it's just like, I don't know about you, but I'm just not super engaged with it and I've been feeling some cognitive dissonance and I see this with my clients all the time. I feel some stickiness in my nervous system even bringing this up because I coach people on how to not feel this way, but I just I want to normalize the feeling and I also want to talk about what to do about it of just like Speaking into an echo chamber of people um, mostly marketing their services in the same way, like, how do you distinguish yourself in a saturated market? And also, like, what is the joy in participating in a conversation where everybody is kind of just like parroting the same messages over and over again? Because I don't know about you, it's just like, it's not why I coach. Like, I coach because I love doing this work. Like, I love being. Either in a group setting or with an individual where there is some really deep awareness or opening or putting clarity, like putting the pieces together, where somebody enters into a space that I'm facilitating and they leave feeling better because they were there. And so I've been trying to apply that same feeling to social media. And anybody who I really admire, who I've seen have social media success. That's really how they think about the platform. There's a great episode actually on this podcast with Captolia, who is the digital witch. You can go back, her episode I think came out in May or June of this last year. And the episode is called Enchanting Your Digital Presence. And she talked so much about thinking about your Instagram following like a room full of your friends. Like how do you wanna decorate that space? How do you wanna share in the party in your like digital room space? And I think really bringing that into our marketing is the best way to distinguish what it is that we are selling in an industry landscape that is like, this is how I attracted high ticket clients. This is how I attracted high ticket clients. But I also had to own, right, that like my kind of critique or dissonance with that landscape was having a negative impact on the way in which I show up on social media and the way in which I use social media for my own marketing. And I actually took a four month break from Instagram for the first time since I started using the platform spring of 2022. And I just wanna say like I've coached tons of people who have built pretty extensive local networks who don't have large followings. Like you don't need social media To have a profitable business, but I also think to have such extreme aversion to the platform is a great coaching opportunity of really like, what is that about? And I say that, you know, also calling in myself that I've had these just periods of kind of disengagement with the platform because I find like one of the reasons I love having a podcast is I've just been talking for, for five and a half minutes about my thoughts and feelings and theories on this topic. And I find it just personally, it's not my my wheelhouse to try to put all of that into a 90 second reel or into a static post. I'm a long form teacher. I I love writing emails. I love teaching classes. I love having a podcast because it really gives me the opportunity to have long-form content and so for those of you listening too and one of the things that i teach about in business switch which if you're listening to this the week that it came out you have until september 30th at midnight to join the coven my signature program you've heard all about it i'm linking the the sales page in the show notes go check it out i don't want to deviate from what it is that we're talking about but One of the things that we talk about in that program is coming up with the client acquisition funnel that really works best for you and that social media is just one of them. I also think it is like one of the more important ones, even if you're not building a huge following, but the intention of social media is to like let your local community know about events that you're having, have sort of a kind of like a an online resume. Like I think of a social media page kind of like an extension of your website where it's like, this is what I stand for. This is what I'm interested in. This is what I'm talking about. So even if like a static post doesn't get a ton of likes or a ton of engagement, when somebody finds you either from Google or by referral or from the Explore page that they can read about what it is that you have to say and that that sort of house, that home for your opinions and your mission and your brand voice exists, even if you're not necessarily like feeding it, you know, every single day with new content or it's not your favorite platform to engage with, that there's just something there for people to see. I think that that can be really legitimizing. And then if you are using it to cultivate community you're sharing with other people the things that you love and what it is that they're doing. This encourages them to actively participate in how you share. And just like in a local network or in your local community, you are making relationships that can become clients, that can become collaborators, that can become just valuable community members who are a stand for the work that you're doing and As I'm naming those things, I can think specifically of lots of different kinds of people that I'm connected to that I've met that way, specifically because of social media who have both become in-person friends or people that I have hired or people who have hired me, etc. So I don't want to knock social media. And I also just kind of wanted to vulnerably share like I have my own a myriad of coaching opportunities where like some of the negativity that I approach the platform with, I'm, you know, constantly challenging internally and coming up with more healthy ways to relate to the platform. And we do ourselves such a disservice to try to like water that down to just an analytics number now, I brought up my friend, the, the marketing director. It's a lot easier to look at analytics without taking them personally when it's for a company that you work for and you're like, oh, that didn't hit very well. Like, how do we want to optimize the next thing that we publish versus like, that was a photo of my face and a quote that I really cared about and my perception is that like people didn't like it. Does that mean that they don't like me, Right and social media is both so personal and and simultaneously and paradoxically not that personal y'all Because sometimes it's just like the algorithm didn't pick it up. You posted it on a Sunday night at 10 p.m. and most of the people who follow you were asleep and then it didn't get immediate traction and then it didn't get like propagated out the next day. Like there's so much going on that just really has nothing to do with you. But like when you are vulnerably showing up as the face of your mission, like it feels pretty personal. It feels like rejection or it feels like people maybe – aren't hearing you or receiving you in the way in which that you wanted to be received. And so when I came into this episode today, I just wanted to speak from my heart to you about you know what it feels like for me sometimes to be on the receiving end of that. And also I really wanted to touch on like what a waste <laughs> waste of time and energy it is to get super super caught up in that kind of a machine as opposed to think about it in a really healthy, abundant, connected, expansive way, which I don't always approach it with. Like that that was the point of being honest. Like I'm not always in that headspace. So I am constantly trying to return to like, girl, this is not about you. Yes, the algorithm keeps changing. Like, yes, like other people are seeing similar Patterns in their content and their analytics across the platform, but like, how do you want to feel in this space? I'm using social media as an example, but this could really be any space. You know, I've talked to coaches who they feel this way when they walk into like a retreat or they go to like a training or a certification. They walk into the room and they're like, what if I'm the least qualified or least experienced person here? Like, why does my opinion matter? Should I share? Even On Zoom classes, you know, those of you who come to Zoom classes who feel really nervous about sharing your opinion and you walk in and you immediately position yourself. You imagine that everybody else is further along than you or that like your opinion doesn't matter as much or you create some kind of social hierarchy in your brain that is like completely made up, not based in reality at all, and also doesn't serve you and it doesn't help you connect to people. The same can be said also about this like at a dinner party or like when you're trying to connect if you've moved to a new city it's like we imagine these narratives that don't actually help us have impact or make connection they just make us feel bad about ourselves And I'm not telling you to have a hyperinflated sense of self in order to sell your services and make money and create a business, though I don't necessarily think that that is a bad thing. It can be a very helpful tactic (laughs) to, to creating success more quickly to like really see yourself as somebody who has value to bring to the table and like a unique perspective and a divinely given gift that can actually really help people, which for those of you who want to build businesses doing this, yeah, that that probably is also to a certain extent fact. It's like not even a hyperinflated sense of self, but it's reminding yourself of that during the times or in the spaces where historically you might have tried to hide, or you might have put yourself in a position to think like, well, I'm, I may or may not be worthy enough to be here, or my perception is that other people don't care that I'm here or won't care that I'm here. And I just really invite you to inquire with the version of you that wants to be the coach, the version of you that would never put that on anybody else who came into the seat in front of you receiving a session or receiving your healing work. to to turn that on yourself and really inquire, like, is that true? Or is that a way for me to stay small so I don't have to confront the vulnerability of perhaps receiving actual rejection? If I can make up this story of rejection before I actually have to do anything, (laughs) then I can just stay where I am. And then beyond that, like, how do you want to feel in these spaces? Perhaps it's not that you want to feel like the most qualified person in the room or like you're not also necessarily putting yourself on top of some kind of imaginary hierarchy. What if everybody was in community and there were some really valuable people for you to connect to there if you stopped making it into a hierarchy at all? Because Social media is not a hierarchy. And I think it's easy to to say, well, that's not true because who has the most likes or who has the most followers is at the top of the hierarchy or wields the most social power. But I don't know about you. The things that I found most impactful about social media have more to do with what the content said than the number that was beneath it. Like when I resonate with something, I just resonate with it. Like there are so many indie movies or relatively unknown artists that have moved me with their creative work that either haven't made it big yet or didn't make it big. You know, Vincent van Gogh sold one painting in his whole life and got real famous after he died. And I'm not saying that that's the path that you want for your business. I'm imagining we all want to make more impact than that while we still get to be alive to experience it. But just to remember that like the number is not what gives the thing power. The power happens in the exchange. And so when I was talking to my lovely friend who who works at the marketing company, she told me two things that I really want to share with you because I think that they are going to be so valuable. So the first was a metaphor. and This blew my fucking mind. Shout out to her. She's one of my best friends. Um, maybe she'll be on the podcast sometime even though She doesn't have her own business, dot, dot, dot yet. (laughs) But she told me that, you know, you know that saying if a tree falls in the forest, does it even make a sound? She was like, if a tree falls in the forest, it doesn't, it doesn't make a sound. It makes a vibration and the vibration moves through the forest. But what makes something a sound is that there is a, a person who can actually receive the sound. The person on the receiving end who hears the vibration That the tree made, that's what makes it a sound. And so just fucking blew my mind. I'm gonna say it one more time in case you're like, wait, what? And then we'll break it down. So if a tree falls in a forest, does it really make a sound? The answer is no, not unless there is a person or an animal, someone on the receiving end who can hear the vibration that the tree makes as it falls. Because What sound is, is the receiving of the vibration something makes as it moves through space. So there is no sound unless somebody hears it, right? And I think that the same is true with marketing, that the impact, the sound is on the receiving end. So whether that is 100,000 people or one person who was really deeply impacted by what it is that you said, The person on the receiving end is really what makes the content have the value. And so if your intention is that somebody receive what it is that you're saying and feel uplifted or empowered or expanded, or they have their mindset changed, or they feel closer to themselves, or it it adds a, a spark in their step to their day, gives them something to talk about with a friend, whatever, that that impact is the sound. And that that is really the point of good marketing is to provide people with something that they get to take with them that they are impacted by now the second thing I wanted to invite you to think about is the way in which she told me that she does marketing for this company is that before she puts anything out she thinks about like who is this for who is going to receive it which I teach this as well like there's a client concept exercise in module one of business which that really goes over this of like who is your offer for? Like, who are you talking to? And I think a lot of people misinterpret that as like, what's your niche, right? Who is your niche might be the answer to that question. But I think the better answer to that question is more specifically than like, is your person between 35 and 50 and like female and into crystals or whatever the fuck? More specifically, it's like this person is looking to to hear this particular message because they've been needing or wanting or looking for X and they haven't been able to find it. So, like, I'll use my business as an example. My people love coaching for the art of coaching. They are not interested in being sold a get-rich-quick scheme that like bypasses the actual art of the coaching. They are in this work because they have like a super clear mission. Or if they don't have a mission yet, they are really invested in catalyzing and crystallizing what their mission is so that they can be deeply impactful to people. They do this work because they love this work. And they're looking for somebody who, mirrors their values, whether that's around ethical pricing or intersectional feminism or really leading mission first as opposed to marketing hack first. My person is looking for somebody who talks about coaching like that, who they can resonate with, who uh, makes them feel inspired to do this work from a place of love. Like those are the people that I'm talking to. And so when I'm writing emails or when I'm writing posts, I'm thinking about what those people need to hear and like actually taking the time to really sit down and journal like about that as opposed to, I have sort of an idea. It's like in my head, I've thought about it before, but like, have you really mapped it out? And that's what the client concept exercise in business, which really helps you do is to map that out. Like, how does your marketing look different? What kind of sound or vibration are you creating? on the receiving end for your ideal client or customer when you're centering that. And so what my friend had told me that she does is she actually writes it as a journal entry. I posted one that I wrote um, last week as a post. So you can actually go to my feed. It's a static post on my feed. And I wrote it as a post. And I'm now like, I want to start every single content planning day or email planning day, really centering that because what it shifts is instead of reaching for like, how do I get people to read this? Like, what is the snazziest language I can use? Like, should I research these hashtags? Like what it actually does is it it makes you feel connected to your audience and it really grounds you into being heart-centered in what it is that you're constructing. And that makes the work fun. It makes writing more fun, because you get to start it with a spell. And that spell is a a really positive, compassionate intention for the people that you want to call in. And so I wanted to offer you this practice as well as a way to really connect to the people who most need to be hearing from you. And I also just wanted to make this announcement that if you are listening to this episode live, the Cart for Business Witch closes on September 30th. So, this is your last week to enroll. If you have questions about if this program is right for you or your business, please slide into my DMs. I love hearing from you. And if you rate this podcast as five stars and you screenshot me your rating, I will send you a coupon code for $50 off the course. So, you can get a little discount. And we start the second week of October. You get twice weekly opportunities to come to me with all your business questions and get direct one-on-one support. Um, And it's just such a great, great community. I think because the spell I cast to connect to the people I really want to work with must have fucking worked. So... Thank you for tuning into this solo episode and we've got some great guests coming at you for witchy season this October. Uh, I look forward to connecting with you for many episodes to come and I'll see you next week on Business Witch.